0: There's only so much that one man can do. But throughout history, there have been figures who have become rallying points for men of goodwill everywhere. King Arthur, Robin Hood, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe I have to become more than a man. I've got to become a symbol. Criminals are a superstitious, cowardly lot. So I have to wear a disguise that will strike terror into their hearts. I must be a creature of the night. Black. Terrible. Like a... A... and as if in answer, a dark winged shape flew in through the open window. A bat! That's it! It's like an omen. I shall become a bat! And thus was born a weird figure of the shadows, a dark avenger of evil, the Batman!
1: Hey everybody, this is Timmy Time in the Batfan Revolution podcast. This is episode number 94. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I get it in time, Tim?
0: You got it in time, okay. and it was perfect. And we're back together again, Dane. It's been so long. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I stress
1: myself out, you know, when I realize that we have to do a podcast because I, I don't want to get kicked off the, sh- the, the, the podcast network, the Batman Universe podcast network. So I I have to stress myself out because,
0: you know, I'm, I'm thinking I
1: have to say that sentence in time
0: so every two weeks you're leading up to the next podcast you're just agonizing and agonizing about those lines
1: (laughs) anyway yeah uh, my name is Dane and uh, we got Tim with us Tim tell the good people about your life
0: (laughs) Uh, my exciting exciting life I mean I think both of our lives were I don't know about exciting but definitely not boring considering we missed uh, our last normally scheduled podcast recording so it's definitely yeah, get back though
1: that was uh my fault that was definitely my fault so i got to apologize to everybody i know you guys missed us especially you alex i know you missed us
2: <laughs> i know when we sadly sit on itunes hitting refresh and then a new episode of the batman bat fans doesn't show up and then we're all very sad and don't know what to do for the rest of our weekends <laughs>
1: it's like you're lost it's like you don't know how to continue with life um but yeah that was definitely my fault, so I apologize. But we're back. We're back here. Um and Marine Mark is joining us. Uh hey, how's it yeah. going? He uh he always or not always, like he most of the time he emails us and you know, he interacts <laughs> with us on Twitter and you know he he's just a cool guy. I try so, man.
2: <laughs> you just know, I cool overreact guy. on Twitter about you know, non-important things and try to draw attention to myself.
1: That's the point of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, pointless really conversation. It's <laughs> to get you through the day. I mean, that's what Twitter's for. So. Yeah, and
2: that's why I run out of data on my phone every month. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got to get that unlimited, limited plan. Um, Verizon's the devil. Yeah. I mean, like, Verizon, you only get, like, four, four gigs, is it?
2: Uh, man, I'm on the medium package and I, they just upgraded to three
1: gigs from two. Wow. Yeah. You're definitely going to blow through that. Especially if you're one of those people that like to, you know, watch videos and stuff on your phone.
2: I don't do that, but yeah, I'll get, if I'm like at lunch at work or something, I'm like scrolling through Twitter or Facebook, whatever else.
1: (laughs) yeah. So, um, Marine Mark's going to join us, so we should be having a good time unless, you know, Tim decides to just yell at us for no reason.
0: <laughs> you know how much I but, yell all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're infamous. You're infamous for for that. Um, but speaking of yelling, uh, how about we get into our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute commentary? Because <laughs> we yell because this is so maddening because it's been 46 47, 46, 47 episodes, and we still haven't seen Batman yet.
0: But will it change tonight?
1: (laughs) Hopefully. I I think we're almost there because I I see the two guys in the police car. Yep. (laughs) The rookie and the the seasoned cop. So that apparently never got a promotion because don't, like, cops eventually become detectives?
0: If they want to. someone can maybe just like being on, like, the street-level cop. No. yeah yeah but like
1: if you become a, d- a detective then you get more paid right i think but so. if, if, if you're just a street cop you're just getting paid what the other street cops are getting paid
0: yeah but sometimes it's just anywhere like you don't want to be behind the desk for most of the time you want to be out there on the streets all the time maybe this is how this cop felt
1: yeah i guess but i don't know i think there's a somebody that hasn't gotten a raise in a long time, <laughs> well, a promotion it, in a long time.
0: If he survived the whole thing with Bane taking control of the city, I think he'd be entitled to one. <laughs> Probably all those officers should get some type of promotion.
1: Yeah, but we have no confirmation that he survived. That's nope. the thing. I mean, he could be in the tunnels still, or in the in the sewer system.
0: See, this is one of those unresolved story aspects from the Dark Knight trilogy that needs. Yeah, I mean, you know what?
1: This is this is gonna haunt me now. <laughs> <laughs> Did that older cop survive Bane and you know the destruction of Gotham? And if so, did he get a promotion?
0: Yeah, we need. His, he needs his own like comic. what happened after comic story. Yes.
1: Yeah, like a sequel comic.
0: Forget John Blake and what he did taking <laughs> over Batman. <laughs> we need to find out what happened to this cop.
1: I know. I mean, I mean, because you figure you, like. You would get some kind of promotion or raise. But I don't know. I guess I just don't know how police work or the police promotion system.
0: Especially in Gotham. I think it yeah. probably be even more complicated. But, <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, let's
1: finally see some Batman. Hopefully. That sound?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: All right, so just queue up your media, queue up your uh, VHS tape, queue cue up your uh, beta tape queue up your uh, projector your 8mm um, mi- film
0: <laughs> I think we've used that one before
1: uh,
0: what else Tim? I always bring out Laserdiscs that's like my go-to disc. format discs. <laughs> yeah I oh, think man, it's still- all
2: about the beta
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember being kid watching uh, Flight of the Navigator on
0: that oh, oh nice <laughs> <laughs> I never had a beta or seen anything on beta. I was I was with the modern times that had VHS all the time. <laughs> I envy you. <laughs> so I watched Flight of the Navigator many times on VHS. But...
2: <laughs>
0: That's no better,
1: but well, I think um, I had the better
2: viewing experience
1: though.
0: <laughs> I actually watched that movie maybe about a year ago. I think it still holds up pretty darn good.
2: It does, man. It's all about
0: Pee Wee Herman. Exactly. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah Jessica Parker yeah, before I Sex and
0: the you. City. <laughs> I forgot you was in that. that movie way before your time, Dane.
1: I guess so because <laughs> I, I know you guys are a couple years older than me. So. I'm thirty, so yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I, I just turned twenty-seven, so oh, I—that's a fun age. Yeah, you guys got a couple years on me. Hopefully, You're I like don't the die. Taylor Swift generation. <laughs> yeah. I... You know what? I'm done with this podcast, Mark. You're <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll hit my mute button again. <laughs> did uh, did Taylor Swift play in Chicago before <laughs> before um, the season ended?
2: Um, I just know that there's a story with Patrick came from the Blackhawks who um, missed getting the puck because he was staring at Taylor Swift. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> bad finished.
0: luck. I know, He's man. Every baseball stadium she played at, this say you know, that's the thing. There's like the Taylor Swift curse now, where the team goes into a slump right after she plays their home ballpark. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Like but um, oh, was it Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs went up to the song "Style" <laughs> it was his walk-up song? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not gonna help.
2: All right, I'm digressing from <laughs> your guys minute by minute.
0: Sorry. <laughs> and this podcast is all about random. Tangents and discussions that have nothing to do with it. Yeah.
2: Because that's the, that's the natural flow of life.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's just tangent to tangent to tangent to tangent. First, we're talking about Dark Knight Rises. Then, we're talking about Taylor Swift. Next, we're going to be talking about, like, I don't know, I don't know. Much...
2: Russia's involvement in Syria.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for like no reason. I mean, we have no p- political motivation in anything, but yet. We still talk about it, but anyway, let's talk about some, uh, or let's talk about a minute of Dark Knight Rises. So just queue up your beta tape, queue up your VHS, queue up your uh, projector, 8mm film. Um, laser disc. Laser disc. <laughs> like I said, you're probably still, you, you're you still on the first one, right? The first side, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the first <laughs> yeah. side, Yeah. You, you don't have to do the flip. Christopher um, Nolan
0: movies might have been three discs, maybe for LaserDisc. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, especially yeah. like Interstellar.
1: <laughs> it's like two hours, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, just just cue, cue it up to the 46th minute, and I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. Mark, are you ready? Like how the Cubs were ready for, um, are they playing? The Cardinals. Yeah, a card. And you gotta know who they're
2: playing if you're not.
1: No, <laughs> no. I remember seeing the um the wild card game. That was fun. oh yeah,
2: that was fun, man. Schwarber nation.
1: <laughs> the the Cubs do have one of my favorite players though, David Ross. Just one of those reliable people. I mean, he's doing crap this season. I, mean, I yeah, think he's last
2: reliable at popping the ball up into the air for pop
1: flies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know we did a couple of those today. Yep.
2: I was like, um, "This is why we need Miggy out there." <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but yeah, just cue it up, and I'm gonna give the countdown. So, uh, three, two, one, hit play. And here is Batman finally.
0: Not yet. He's still just turning off the lights. Well, I see a motorcycle. Yep. Yeah. Cop and... saying the classic line from The Dark Knight Returns. not yet where do you think those guys went
1: after <laughs> they ran away
0: oh there he is dane we made it oh
1: finally <laughs> this is a huge milestone i don't know like I've, this is your first time listening to this podcast this is a huge milestone because we've been doing this for 46 minutes and 46 episodes
0: and we finally got batman in a batman movie <laughs> <laughs> but we i don't know I think I said this when we did our first review episode. Yeah, Did you think this was a little bit of an anti anti-clima- entrance for Batman after being gone for so long? Did no, anyone else feel it. that way?
1: I mean, I liked it.
0: Mark, am I alone cool. with that thinking?
2: No, man. It's you know sometimes you just want to, like a cold open. You know, like when a restaurant. You know, it's like hey okay, we are open, we're not going to tell anybody. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just, I don't know. Just seeing him from the motorcycle like from the back and then having him turn but know, it would have been cool if we just like jumped down from a rooftop or something and make like a grand entrance while everyone's yeah, shot but we get
1: that later head. we get that later with um, you know when uh, Catwoman is surrounded like he he's like perched in his you know signature pose and he jumps down
0: yeah which is cool but like yeah. I've seen him already before that's not his like, first appearance in over eight years and for us as the audience in four years from the Dark Knight so I don't know yeah this one little nitpick I had
1: I'm not so, sure. so are you talking about the time that it, like, like, because of the time in between, or are you talking about just his first appearance in the movie?
0: I'm talking. It's mainly for the t- eight years he's been gone in the story, and to have it. I mean, yeah. he, I know he can't control it because of the situations that we're on motorcycles, but if that's going to be your like thrust for the story, he's been gone eight years, and then he's coming back. I would have wrote something different where how he made his first appearance again. Yeah. Well, then when he
2: first came back, he had like that electric gun and he didn't even shoot it right. So maybe he wasn't feeling so good about himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure getting shot out by the police didn't help him either. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, it's, I think he had some low self-esteem. <laughs> you know, so
0: yeah, Maybe that'll make me feel better, but I don't know.
2: <laughs> not only did he have low self-esteem, but he had low self-efficacy because he couldn't even use his own toys. Yeah. <laughs> <so. laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I know one person that's feeling a whole lot better, or he would if he was still alive, and that's Bill Finger, because he's finally going to get his name on something uh, Batman-related, and it's going to be uh, Gotham and Batman versus Superman, so a big show and an, an even bigger movie, so Man. that's our future topic for this episode.
0: <laughs> yep, and I can't tell you how happy I am <laughs> that it is our future topic. Man, it's been a long time coming, and... This happened on September 18th. I remember just seeing tweets about this, like, what? Is this true? Is this actually happening? And then I read it. It There's a Hollywood reporter that broke the story. And then, yeah, they said that... Actually, I'm going to read the whole announcement that DC made. (laughs) You got it. I got to. It says, DC Entertainment and the family of Bill Finger are pleased to announce that they have reached an agreement that recognizes Mr. Finger's significant significant contributions (laughs) to the Batman family of characters. Bill Finger was instrumental in developing many of the key creative elements that enriched the Batman universe, and we look forward to building on our acknowledgement of his significant role in DC Comics history, which was stated by Diane Nelson, president of DC Entertainment. And then you should go on to say that will be Batman v Superman and Gotham. And I will say, uh, the season premiere of Gotham, I was, that was pretty much I was most looking forward to seeing Bill Finger's name. And I didn't see it. Like, where is it? I he's getting screwed again already, but then I found out it's going to be later in the season when we'll see his credit. So, still got a ways to go, but man, I can't tell you how cool it is and seeing Batman be Superman. And when we see the credits, seeing that's what another that day I'm curious: are we going to see? I'm hoping it's Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, and that where it's not created by Bob Kane with contributions for Bill Finger. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to see that. I'm sure it'll be better oh, than through. nothing
1: think they're gonna just like short like short him like that like
0: yeah there's just a little part of me that thinks that that might be the case i wanted to see as like both of them as co-creators as batman I mean, like
1: say bob kane and some guy named bill finger like
0: that <laughs> yeah because man you know what tons of people are going to see this movie with no clue that bill finger had anything to do with the contributions of creating batman everyone's just used to seeing that batman created by bob Kane uh credit on there so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be saying, oh, who's Bill Finger or who's this yeah. guy? So. I admit
2: I had to go do research on it.
0: <clears throat> and that's another thing I, I wanted to ask you guys, too, because I'll, I'll admit to as much as a big support I've been at Bill Finger and getting recognition, I found out about his contributions not too long ago. It was like back in 2009 where I was just randomly looking at some Batman sites. I don't even know what for. And then I just stumbled across this article of like the real creator of Batman. And it was like, oh, this what's this about I was like hey, this is this really true this is someone just like writing stuff up that has no like credit or like research at all but then i just looked into it more and saw a lot of people doing like had the same reasoning of why bill finger should be the main creator or was the main creative force of batman so I was like man this totally changed my perspective on bob kane and the whole creation of batman it was like there's a total 180 on it so <laughs> For you, yeah, yeah. Did you first I mean, find out about Bill Finger and his contributions to creating Batman.
1: That was pretty much the same story. Um, like I just saw it someplace. I can't. I can't even remember where. I think it was one. It might have been one of the annuals or something. Um, but I remember seeing the name Bill Finger, and you know, just just looking at looking him up, and you know, I think with his name in Batman v Superman and Gotham, I think that's a good thing for him. You know he's gonna get more exposure to a lot more people, not only comic book fans and stuff. And you know it's gonna be great, and people are gonna find out that he created like Lana, Lana Lang from uh, Super, the Superman stuff. He created Green Lantern. You know, yeah,
0: that's so, a good point. So not just Batman stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, not just Batman stuff. He, he also created Superman stuff. He created Green Lantern. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great for him.
0: Totally. How about you, Mark? Like, when did you first find out about Bill Finger and his contributions to that? Man?
2: You know, the name was always really familiar to me, and but I never really connected the two. And then I honestly, Tim, I saw some weird tweets about it. So like, the concept was in my mind. And when I walk my dog, I listen to podcasts, and um, I think I was listening to the Holy Backcast, with Aunt, um, which I know the guy does some work on this. You're side, cheating on he, us, Mark. I cheat <laughs> a lot, man. If you want to see my refresh list, and I'm on. I'm promiscuous. (laughs) No, but then he talked more about the Bill Finger stuff. So I went, you know, and I did some more research and it was like, oh, wow, the Batmobile and the Batcave and this and that. I'm like, well, that is really the spirit. I mean, what would would Batman be Batman without the Batcave? You know, like if it was just like he had like a bat spaceship, you know, or it wouldn't be the Batman we knew. So, you know, I think it's really important that he gets, you know, the recognition. And I don't know too much of why, because I know in the, the article that Tim, you sent, you know, they're talking about like the biography with Bob Kane. It's like, well, you know, Bill Finger hasn't been getting the dude that he's been that he deserves. So I don't know if this is a D.C. political thing or it's like a family riff. I don't, I'm not sure why Bill Finger like. I guess it would have taken some energy on someone's behalf to keep him from getting the recognition that he deserves.
1: Yeah. What happened really it was a is, trademark, right? The, the original yeah,
0: trademark. How it went down was like Bob Kane had, I mean, they asked him like create a new hero for us. But Superman so popular. So, okay. So he tried to do the opposite of what Superman was. I don't know if you've seen those like old designs that Bob Kane did of Batman. I don't, they're not mm-hmm. necessarily his, but they're, drawings of what his originals were, where it was just a blonde-haired guy in a red suit with the black bat wings, like Da Vinci's paintings. That is totally... Anyone who knows Batman now and sees that for the first time, like, that's what Batman would have been. <laughs> Their minds. Sounds
2: would like Jean-Paul Valley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty much. And he just has a domino mask, either no cowl or nothing. And so when he showed it to Bill Finger, like, hey, I got this idea for, like, a bat a superhero... And then Bill Finger, well, it should be that you give him a cow. You should take out the red and give him a, like a black cow and a cape with a mask and all that. So even visually, Bill Finger's contributions are so big. And But what happened was Bob Kane just went to D.C. with that idea and didn't give Bill Finger any credit on it. And when they worked out the deal, it was established that he would have like the – create not creative rights, but always be – get that uh, – Mentioned his words, creative, yeah, credit. (laughs) The word wasn't coming to my (laughs) head. The credit for creating Batman. And he didn't acknowledge Bill Finger for that. And for the longest time, too, he would kind of deny that. Bill Finger's contribute had any contributions to Batman and say that that was all his It wasn't not too long or long before he actually died where he kind of had regret for that and says like uh, kind of feel bad for Bill Finger for not getting the credit that he deserves but it was already too late I think Bill Finger already died by that time because he died in like yeah. 74
1: so well, I mean it's not only that it's you know Bill Finger didn't really fight for himself that's what he big, want yeah yeah he, he didn't want I mean he he wanted job security at you know DC, so he didn't really want to stir the pot with anybody. Yeah, yeah as, as long as time. your bank yeah. accounts
2: getting you know padded, then some people don't really care about the fame part. So, right, you know, but you know, I and mean, if, I mean, if you guys get him in a minute, uh, an interesting piece of um, DC Batman related news just came across Twitter.
0: Oh oh oh! It's good. It okay. thumbs up. Two <laughs> thumbs up. Is um, there a new Batman v Superman trailer
2: out right now. <laughs> no, but they said um, that the Batman Killing Joke animated oh. movie has gotten the green light for an R rating if the director wants to go that direction.
1: Oh wow, that's, that's good. That's definitely a good idea. Yeah, it's from Stitch Kingdom.
2: I mean, this is from a reliable Batman site, so this isn't like some weird website or anything.
0: Yeah, um, but
2: Let's
0: it's it like Stitch. What's the to Comic Con today? Yep,
2: yeah, it just came out just like a couple minutes ago. It looks like yeah, eight twenty p.m. 8:28 p.m. Yeah, it just says um, Justin Tucker said he was given the okay to make a Killing Joke for an R rating, but he added that he doesn't doesn't mean that he will. But they can sounds like they can push the envelope towards an R rating.
0: That's good. Not even to like push the envelope at all. Just you know, they can give a real faithful adaption to the Killing Joke and not be hinged on you know being censored and all that. So that's definitely good to know. Yeah. Yes, speaking of Joker. That Bill Finger had a <laughs> him too. So, <laughs> But I think my favorite contribution that he did was to Batman that really kind of made me think, okay, this guy needs to get...
1: Wait, Tim, let me, me guess. Let me okay. guess. Tim, uh, Tim? Or Robin in general?
0: No, not a Robin. Dang no. it. It's the origin story for Batman. I mean, mm. I think we could all agree that's the greatest superhero origin story ever. And we know how iconic it is and just how great it is, too. and Well, people try
1: to rip it off. That's how good it is. Yeah.
0: So it just makes Batman what it is, at least for me, the reason why I like Batman so much, just that determination he has to not just find his parents' killer, but just to have where he made that promise and try to make sure that what happened to him would never happen to anyone else again. And that's one of probably the favorite aspect I have of why I like Batman. So the fact that he created that, this really drove home the point to me where, man, this guy needs to be coke be credited as a co-creator for Batman. It needs to happen. So <laughs> that's a big reason why I'm so happy about this announcement.
2: Well, matter of fact, just listening to this conversation makes me more excited. And when we get off, when we're done with this, I'm definitely doing a little bit more research for sure.
0: Yeah. I got to give props to um, the person who spearheaded this whole campaign for Bill Finger to get recognition is a uh, Mark uh, Tyler Nobleman. Cause I follow him on Twitter, and ever since... Oh, that's the guy that wrote the book. Yeah, um, Bill the Boy Wonder. Yeah. yeah, Bill the Boy Wonder. Yeah, oh, I like that title. He was the biggest advocate for Bill Finger getting reconditioned, and he actually, I think, kind of pushed Bill Finger's family to start, you know, you guys should start fighting for this, and, like, get in talks with DC and try to see what can be done. And so he was at the forefront of getting all this together, so I got to give him thanks. <laughs> actually had a little interaction with him on Twitter, which was cool, so... Yeah, he was the one I think who really got this all off the ground, and that's just for Batman v Superman. And I hope every Batman movie following, and of course Gotham. But I don't think it's mentioned anything about the comics having that credit on there. So maybe that's still something that has to work out. But this is definitely a great first step.
2: Yeah, but I mean, at least they're giving into like the two biggest mediums, exactly. the TV and the movie. So you know, so that's pretty cool.
0: So my hope is when i'm in the theater seeing batman v superman and whether it's in the beginning or at the end it'll probably be at the end because most movies don't have credits in the opening but when his name pops up i hope there's a lot of people in the audience cheering especially at like the first early screenings midnight or the 10 p.m showing because that's where the diehard fans go so
2: well i think you should take a megaphone into the theater and be like bill finger you know (laughs) yell it in there just like you know just to make sure people know what's
0: up They'll say, "Who's that?" or "What are you talking about?" Shut up! <laughs> like, <laughs> I
2: saw the Batman. first five minutes of the movie, then I got asked to leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that that's great for for uh, Bill Finger and his family, and you know he's finally, finally, finally going to get recognition, and you know just got to get his name in the comics, and it'll be all good.
0: It will be yes, I'll be <laughs> yeah. one happy what, Batman fan. <laughs> that's what yeah. the sharpies for. <laughs> yeah. I guess I could add it myself If I want
2: <laughs> <laughs> And that's what Twitter's for You take pictures of it And you, you know, like hashtag Bill Finger Nation <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll prepare for you now Once his name does show up on Gotham And Batman v Superman comes out on Blu-ray I expect a lot of tweets and of the screenshots of his name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming out from me
2: Hey that could be something you guys start Kind of like with the whole Grayson thing With Tim Seeley So with this latest Grayson 12th I don't know if you guys saw what was going on on Twitter
0: with that. Vaguely. It was something about, well, we'll probably get into it when we talk about the comic reviews, about all the yeah, word I can dialogues say, that were going on in there.
2: Try yeah. It, it was kind of, it was like a kind of a cool moment. It was just kind of something fun to witness on Twitter, you know? Um, and I mean, I can wait and bring it up when we talk about Grayson 12.
0: So, okay. Yeah. We'll hold off. But.
2: And it's in my email too. So you want me to read my own email?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rare um, opportunity that we have when yeah. <laughs> we have the voice of the email
1: yeah it's it's gonna be, but it's gonna I be like interesting hearing, and weird at the same time
2: Yeah, but I like hearing my voice through Dane's voice you know <laughs> I can live through myself vicariously
1: through Dane <laughs> sorry that was um, weird whatever but yeah like I'm, I'm really interested well first of all the court of owls are coming to Gotham if you're interested in that show but uh Tim I'm really interested to hear your Gotham rant and I think yes. I know what it's
0: about this uh, is the next thing I could not yeah. wait to talk about well since this week I, I shouldn't say from when we last recorded but cuz this is pretty recent now Dane I know you haven't watched Gotham in a while but yeah
1: well I mean here's the problem okay they got to write it better they got to act it better they got to you know put some more money into it i mean they, it looks like it has know. Yeah, I know, you know but like you, you look, you look at a show like The Leftovers or Homeland. It, it looks like it. First off, the writing is so much better. The acting is so much better, and it looks like you know HBO and Showtime put you know some serious money into it. Where as Gotham, it, you know, it it looks yeah, like well, they they
2: half did it. HBO of. and Showtime's like the image comics of TV. So right. you know that's where people go to flex their. You know, muscles without too much constraint in a way. Yeah. But they can you, they can just do what they want though over there. I mean, it's like NC seventeen plus if they really right. want to make it that way.
1: Yeah, but I, I I'm just talking. Yeah, I'm just talking about Gotham in general. It it just needs. I don't know. I think I think you know, a couple of the roles were miscast. It was written the wrong way. It's, you know, for me anyway. Um. So yeah, they they just gotta write it better. They just gotta, you know, do a better job at it.
2: Yeah, and I've watched the first three episodes of the second season. I feel like the it. I feel like the the Fox did put more money into it. It does seem like a better show.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, Mark, but you said you saw the first three episodes of the second season. So I assume you saw the whole first season, right?
2: I've seen most of the first season.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Dan, you saw the episode where the supposedly Joker was coming in with that kid, right? Jerome? Yes,
1: the supposed Joker. Okay. I guess you could call him. So, I don't know what you call him now.
0: Well, <laughs> okay, I'll say this too. Spoilers for the last few episodes of Gotham, especially the one that aired this past Monday, the third one called The Last Laugh. So, for the second season, they've been hyping it up as Rise of the Villains, and the character Jerome was going to be a part of that, and they just went full on out Joker mode with him. I mean, they didn't try to hide it at all. Like, they really threw it in your face. this He's playing the Joker, pretty much. And even with that, I was like, ah, I'm not sure how I feel about Joker being introduced this early when there's no Batman. Especially when the character that will become the Joker is already the Joker, but he just doesn't have the white uh, paint or makeup, whatever route they want to go, or the green hair, any of that. So... When that does happen to him, he falls into a vat of chemicals. He's pretty much the same character; he just looks different. I was like, uh, if they want to go this route, okay. And the thing is, I got into him as a character as a kid. Uh, Jerome, I don't know the actor who plays him, but he did a really good job I and mean, he did a good Joker performance, and I was enjoying it. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll go ahead and go with it with them doing their own version of the Joker. If they want to bring him in this early, fine. We'll see how it goes. But then I said, the one thing I hope they don't do is kill him off, and then for some reason, the real Joker shows up later, but they're just going to be based off this kid Jerome, and he won't be original. So long as they don't do that, I'll go with it. So, Dane, take a guess what happened in this last episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, something terrible. And something not, not what is good for the show. Mm-hmm. In, in in my broken English,
0: <laughs> in my opinion, you're a dead right. Yeah, <laughs> what I just said, they did. They killed off the character Jerome. It was a great episode I thought. I mean, it was he was doing classic Joker stuff and it was pretty cool to see. But then he gets killed. Mm-hmm. And his I mean, the way he died, too, he died with a smile, also. I mean, it was almost like how <laughs> Jack Nicholson's Joker look when he fell. <laughs> and he was Yeah,
2: all, with uh, the blood on the lips, yeah. you know, to make it look like he has the red lipstick.
0: Yep, and he has that grin on his face. So they're really, I mean, they did not try to hide the fact at all that this was laying the groundwork for the Joker. So they killed him off, and then at the end, you see these different people and other criminals, like, because he was broadcasting his crime at like Murder Spree's on TV, like the Joker would. So people of Gotham know who he is. So when these deranged, crazy criminals see that, they just see him start they see just random people, not even characters on the show, just laughing. They're all just laughing like the Joker would, showing that Jerome has spread his influence on to the criminals of Gotham and those who just see inspire them to be like him and do more crazy stuff like he would, which kind of makes you think, okay, so there's someone out there who's gonna see this who will eventually become the Joker that Batman laughs to face. But it's just a derivative version of the character of Jerome. And to me, that just kills the essence of the character of the Joker. There's no one like him. He's the first to do that. If anything, he, maybe he inspires other criminals to do their own theatrics. Like if they wanted to go the route where he inspired like, uh, scarecrow or Mad Hatter or something like that to the extreme costume criminals. But to have the fact that Joker is going to be based off someone else who already did all this, just, uh, I just did not like it. Because if the Joker does show up, I doubt we'll ever see this where Batman's established and the Joker shows up. People in Gotham, even Batman, are going to go, hey, you're just like that uh, guy Jerome who did the same thing and who had the same laugh and it was crazy. So what makes you different? What's so special about you? I mean, he's not going to be Batman's arch nemesis because of that. And it, to me, it just ruined anything they had planned. With Joker, if they ever like jump ahead a few years and they get into where Batman's around and all that. So, yeah, I was not happy about that at all. And I did see some mixed response. I know some people did like that route they were going, how they're using Jerome to inspire the potential future Joker. But Joker, I don't think, doesn't inspire. I mean, they just flip the opposite of what Batman <laughs> supposedly does. He ins- inspires other people to do good and to become heroes, and maybe not to the. Same level as he is, but he does inspire good. And the fact that uh, there's going to be other like minor Jokers or mini Jokers running around, like Joker lights out there, just uh, didn't sit well with me. But I don't know. Did you have a similar reaction, Mark? Or are you a little more okay with it than I was?
2: I think I was a little bit more okay with it. But you have a really good point. But I kind of think of Jerome like a, like something that burns really hot, but then goes out really quick. Mm-hmm. And that I think it's just this memory in Gotham that there was this guy at this one time had some influence, but he burned really hot. But he he ended up he, he ended up going out with a whimper. In reality, right? He got, yeah. he got he got shanked in the neck by his one father figure, right? Um, Theo and. I just think it's cool to his, that, you know, that Bruce Wayne was there. I think the fact that Bruce Wayne was at this party, he has this one little memory of what this Jerome was like. So that when he does face Joker, it's like, all right, this is really interesting. What's what's going on here? I vaguely maybe remember this one situation from when I was 13.
0: See, that's what bugs me, because when the Joker shows up, it's a, like that's how the Dark Knight was, where it's like he did not see this coming like this type of criminal out there but
2: then this show is more like an earth one kind of batman i mean with especially with the rut they're going with alfred you know so um i guess i just i guess i guess we just can't i guess it's just too hard to you know really put it part of the bat the official batman canon you know it's just i think it's just you know, so.
0: Yeah, you definitely can't look at it like that way. I mean, I definitely know how to separate it from, like, its <laughs> whole thing, but...
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I think our inner hearts want it to be the the experience with a young Bruce that does turn into the Batman that we know. And that's, mm. you know, and that's what I want it to be, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, just uh, Joker, yeah. <laughs> Man, I was so upset after I saw that episode. <laughs> and Is plus, it, you
2: know, with Bruno Heller um he's he's had so much success i don't think anyone's really gonna tell this guy Mm -hmm. what he can or can't do i mean he has such a long leash right now
0: yeah which might not be a good thing
2: (laughs) yeah sometimes it's good to keep people you know close you know but the guys you know i think he's what with did arrow and flash too right or was
0: involved in it maybe um no they really don't i don't think anyone's kind of like doing both shows at all Okay. Gotham's its own thing with its own set of... He, he
2: got his name known through other shows related with DC, I think. So he kind of has the clout of kind of doing um, what he wants right now from the way I understand mm-hmm. it. So.
0: Yeah. So, Dane, you mentioned before that there was, he was the one who revealed that they had plans to use the Court of Owls in right. the show he didn't say when. It's something they want yeah. to use. But, I mean, that was something I wanted from the beginning. And I, I could still get excited about it and see what they do. But, like, this whole Joker <laughs> thing just put a, a sour taste in my was Like, uh, yeah. maybe I don't want to see what you're going to do with the Court of but... Alva. <laughs> yeah, but that's
1: has, it, ha- has it ruined the show for you?
0: I mean, I'm still going to watch it. I mean, because <laughs> I still like aspects of it. I still like <laughs> the Gordon and Bullock dynamic. I do like Bruce and Alfred in the shows a lot, too. So I'm still going to continue with it. But just hope this is it with their Joker thing because I, I don't want to see any more of what they have yeah. planned with that. I think and, the
2: one thing the show does, doesn't, does what's going against it is that when my girlfriend, she likes it and uh, the first thing she saw, she saw the guy who plays Jim Gordon, she's like, oh, the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that's what your first That was your first thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of that too when he was first cast. Yeah. yeah. but
2: You know, Tim, uh, Dane, I mean, you should like it. You know the crazy wife from Homeland's in it. So, you know, it's kind of like a little Yeah.
1: Reunion. I know, <laughs> but it was the it, it, it was the middle of the first season that really killed it for me. It was like Yeah. That that whole Fish Mooney thing where she's trying to like take yeah, over the so the me. crime boss, you know, kill all the crime bosses or whatever.
2: Yeah. With the Isa yeah yeah (laughs) well she kind of ruined her acting career for me with the matrix movies i was like no thank you (laughs) you kind of ruined it
1: so yeah so i mean it was the middle of that first season it was like it's like the same not the same thing but like it's just like the same problems like it's just bad storytelling and acting isn't so great and you know, the, the guy, the kid that plays Bruce is, is kind of losing it. I mean, he, he. I really liked him when he started off, but, like, he, he just got more and more annoying. I don't know if it's the mm. actor or if it's the way he's written.
0: I yes, you know, think he's pretty good. At least From both, I think he's, the actor's good. And so far, they haven't gone too far astray with his story.
1: But. Yeah, they,
2: they were touting a line with Bruce looking like kind of like a wimpy, whiny kid. Yeah. And the, it seemed like they dipped their toes in that a little bit, but then they really backed off with that episode where he, beats, he goes to the house and beats the crap out of that kid that's taunting him about his mom. They like that's like the, to me, it was the episode where they saved Bruce Wayne's character. You know, like he's now, now he's not the little, you know, the whiny, you know, entitled kid right. that he kind of they, they were kind of betraying for a little bit in the earlier episodes but with these long shows i mean it's amazing how different they become throughout a whole season so um but i would I, say the second half got a lot stronger
0: i will say as much as i don't want to see it, i won't be surprised if we see him in some type of crime fighting suit by the end of this season <laughs> or some. Batman-related thing with as far are jumping now already, so... Yeah, that's a
1: deal-breaker. That's a, a deal-breaker deal yeah, that If we see be. him... Yeah. If in any villains. kind of suit, you know, any kind of, like, I'm gonna go out and help Gordon or I'm gonna go out and, you know, try to take out some guys, then I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with that show.
0: Well, see one of my favorite comic stories I always refer to is the untold legend of the Batman. He did do that as a kid, but he was in his Robin. Like he was the first one to wear the Robin costume. And maybe it was more of that time period. It suited that for him to go ahead and dress up at that young age and help a detective. It wasn't Gordon. It was another detective, but so maybe I could see him going out and doing something. I just don't want to see anything that resembles a bat suit really (laughs) as a little kid. I don't think that that work, but yeah, like I said, that was a big <laughs> disappointment when I saw that episode. I'm like, man, I think I need to watch The Dark Knight or Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. <laughs> I need to get some good Joker taste in my mouth. <laughs> yeah.
1: And hopefully they don't, you know, sc- screw the
0: Court of, uh, cord of up like okay. they did. I'm yeah. already not liking what they're doing with Riddler because they're pretty much turning him into Two-Face. He has a split personality disorder now where he's talking to himself. It's like the big bad horror, but it's
1: it, yeah, and that was another thing I had a problem with too, because the, like they, they pretty much did nothing with Riddler in that first season. I mean, it, except creep out that office lady. And he's <laughs> still doing it. <that. laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and, and maybe like once or twice he showed up at a scene, and it, it, just the whole Riddle thing. You know, they they were trying too hard with that that Riddler character. So
2: yeah, I think what's gonna happen with the Riddler is that his you know dissociation. You know, and psychotic features will merge and help become that one entity that we know as the Riddler.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, but they already brought Harvey Dent, so they should be kind of establishing <laughs> that with him already. So I was like, uh. well,
2: Harvey Dent is born out of trauma, right? So.
0: Well, uh, they were going the animated series about with the whole big bad Harvey thing, that was like always yeah. a part of him as a kid. Oh. But what him, okay. But the accident fully brought it out, but maybe they're gonna go something different. But. Yeah. I don't want to keep the show too long with Gotham rants and complaints because I got a few more but we can move on
2: <laughs> well I think the Cordell's is going to work out I think Scott Snyder was really smart of how he wrote that legacy it fits the into show the show
0: so perfectly it could exactly it, it, it really yeah could. it
2: could be really good yep. let's just
0: hope it lasts that long <laughs> <get it. laughs>
2: I think with the numbers that are coming out that it's it's doing fine
0: see that's like both a good and a bad thing good because I still would like to see it improve and get a good Batman TV show out there, but at the same time, if it's doing this good, they might not make changes and just keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> but, I don't know, we'll see. Yes,
1: yeah, so, we will also see a viral marketing release for Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how was that, Dev? <laughs> and Mark, how was that uh, segue? It's pretty the, good. The, so we come from East Germany,
2: yeah. Which come after the um, Superman. I don't, I don't, he's too American for me.
0: <laughs> oh, see, now I want to read this interview with you in that voice, Mark. <laughs>
2: so my dad, he's the fascists,
0: and
2: you know, they just don't let us do things for ourselves. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: That's great. But, yeah, the viral marketing campaign has started for Batman v Superman, which is great. I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, we're told, how many months away is it now? It's about five months or so. But Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so it does, what I saw, I was like, man, it's a little early, but no, it actually fits. I mean, we're getting pretty close. So they just set up this like fake website called fortune.com and they did an interview with Lex Luthor. But, it's pretty cool to read, because it kind of gives you a little insight to what his character is going to be, and already some hints on his relationship with uh, Wayne Enterprises, and his how it is going to be with his father. I mean, his father mm-hmm. is dead here, and...
2: Kind Do you of think things. that was a hint, hint, wink, wink, I
0: snuffed Daddy out? Yeah, I got that same impression. Because yeah. Yeah, they said like his untimely death or something like that.
2: Yeah, like, oh, once Daddy went away, the company went to it's this new echelon. But, you know, did you see the Blue Beetle? Um,
0: yeah, the Ted Easter Cord. egg in the yeah. Cord Industries. Yeah, that's cool. He was mentioned how, like, oh, I'm not the big billionaire playboy. Like, yeah, I'm not wait, the eccentric. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not the eccentric billionaires like the Wayne and the Cords or whatever. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It was cool, too. It also kind of gives you an idea of what his company is doing. How it used to be with oil that his dad uh, brought it up with, but then he's bringing it more into the tech world <laughs> and how he's using it to even do with weapons. And he was saying that's one market Wayne Enterprises doesn't go to, which I thought was a cool acknowledgement there. And then
2: they must have set up the whole Volkswagen. Um, emissions cheating technology it's, it's, it's next
0: <laughs> and also too there was a it wasn't something that he said but I think like the interviewer was saying where he was at Or I forget the exact wording but it mentioned like he was looking at his collection of meteorites or something like that mm-hmm. hinting at the kryptonite and all that stuff so little things like that made, made it a fun fake interview to read so if we get more stuff like this I think it's going to be cool
2: yeah. What was really fun was seeing that um, the Twitter account just kind of came out of nowhere. right? Yeah. And when you clicked on it, like, okay, it has the official like authentic thing. You know what I mean? Like verification, <laughs> but, but it only, but it only had like a hundred and like 300 followers. Right. And then you'd wait a couple minutes, you refresh 5,000. Refresh fifteen thousand, you know, and like it <laughs> okay. caught on like fire, like you know, because I think I was on Twitter. <laughs> maybe I spent too much time on Twitter, you know, when it when it came up. So it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to have been privy to that.
0: Yeah, I think this is a great route to go with this at least early on, and hopefully they do stuff with. I don't know if they go with Bruce Wayne, but with Wayne Enterprises too, maybe have some interviews like that or.
2: Well, oh, yes. Well, think what they might do is Suicide Squad. Maybe Joker starts doing some stuff over the summer.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Like he takes over an established one of their fake Twitter accounts or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, or like from Gotham Central when he ran, when he created, like he killed the mayor and he created a fake um, Batman for mayor mm. gimmick, like the Jokes on You um, coalition or something. So
0: that's a good I point. Think, yeah, Suicide Squatch out tons of cool and creative viral marketing stuff. <laughs> that should be really interesting. But we got to pay attention to them cuz I'm sure one of these viral marketing uh either websites or pictures or stuff is going to lead to a new trailer sometime soon. So <laughs> got to keep an eye <laughs> so on which, that.
2: Which 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 two of you are going to hang out on Twitter a whole lot and wait for it to come up, to get the fresh scoop, oh. the first take, the first spin?
0: As soon as I get a sniff, I know I'll be constantly checking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be Tim.
1: Because unlike unlike Tim, I can't just sit on Twitter all day. like how <laughs> he does, he catches like every little thing that happens. So
0: you, you think that about me while I try to do that? I see people who do it so much more. It's like, man, like, uh, do these people just do nothing but <laughs> look at Twitter and just be just online all on day? It's like, I wish I yeah. could just...
2: Staying My girlfriend's like, damn, you're really into this stuff. I'm like, well, you should see what else what else it's like out there. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm tame.
0: <laughs> I know. But so yeah, this is a cool thing to get the viral marketing campaign started for Batman v Superman. Gave us a few little cool nuggets in there also. Oh yeah, another thing real quick. I don't know if you guys saw, I just saw not too long ago, over New York Comic Con. They had like the first toy images of Lex Luthor and mm-hmm. of uh, the Batman in like that desert outfit, which I found interesting because it had a name on there. Dream Batman. Oh, it's Nightmare Batman. Oh yeah, that's but right. Nightmare with a K, so like Dark Knight and all that. So cool. I wonder if that's just they're not even gonna make reference to that at all. He's just gonna be in that costume, or there is gonna be some meaning behind that name, or this is I kind had, of box. <laughs> yeah,
2: one thing did pop into my mind, right? Because you know when they when you know people were slowing it down, like dude, he broke that guy's neck. You know, yeah. like is it Batman? having a desire to kill. And he's like having flashbacks or nightmares about killing people. Like, is this the guy I'm turning into? Am I too edgy? Am I too angry?
0: See, so, I like that theory because I've seen other ones where it's like, Oh, maybe it's not really the Batman. It's another, like someone else trying to be Batman or something like that. Yeah. Cause
2: if you look at the dude's face, that's not Ben Affleck.
0: Yeah. Yours makes more sense over something about Superman being present. I and mean, he has like a nightmare. Thinking like, am I going to have to go down this route? Am I going to have to turn this dark and all that? Because
2: if you if you if you look at it, like, who are these dudes that are like kneeling? Right? Is he? Mm -hmm. Is this Batman's projection of Superman being this all powerful cult master? Yeah. So who are these dudes in these like German army helmets bowing to him? All right. So I don't. So I think it could be a really interesting sequence in the movie
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think I was so curious when I saw that for the first time in the trailer, how is this going to fit in the story of the movie? It just seems so different and out of place, but I like that idea a lot. So we'll see if it becomes that way. Cool. It might be my claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be sure to give you props <laughs> if that's how it turns out.
1: Um, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, Oh, we got one more piece of news. Uh, Greg pool is going to take a temporary departure from Batman.
0: Yeah. You scared me with this earlier, Mark, <laughs> with your tweet. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, um, I think
2: Comic Vine didn't get the whole message in there. I mean, I mean, I I like Comic Vine, but I mean, I went and found he's doing a six piece set or like a four piece arc with Mark Miller. And um, Scott Snyder did clarify that he will be coming back. So what's more interesting is actually good news. It looks like Snyder and Cupillo will be Batman
0: past issue 50. Yeah, because I think he's. going to be fifty-one, right, to, yep. before his break.
2: And Snyder said he'll still be doing the stories while Greg Capola, Capu, however you say his name. <laughs> I haven't been good with the you know Italian last names like yours, so Giraffi. <laughs> right. No
0: one can get my name right. Yep. No one. And I
2: yeah, I, went, I Yeah. So. No, I. So it's interesting. So I think there's some developments over there. You know. Okay. You know the the talk about okay, what? Where Snyder and Capullo, Capullo going at after issue fifty? Well, it already looks pretty much confirmed that they're going to be on Batman past fifty issues.
0: I think it's time too, where or not time, but when it does happen, where Scott Snyder leaves the book or Greg Capullo has to leave the book, it should be some where they both leave at the same time because it's almost at that point where we're so used to them working together that it.
1: If, yeah. Or
0: get someone else as a regular to replace the other would seem weird mm-hmm. now. They just established that relationship to them so well. You don't
2: see those, you know, the books that are selling over 100,000 copies, right? You don't see shakeups on that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just like, for example, like with the Green Arrow, New 52, my God, like every other arc, it was a new creative team, <laughs> you know? So, but um, no, I totally agree that if they leave, I hope they leave together. But um, you know, and that's why they were saying like one reason why Batman issue forty four was a standalone is because he want uh, Capello wanted to go on vacation or he needed some time off, so that proved to be an opportunity to do something different.
0: Yeah, so, that, that worked out for both them and the fans because it was an awesome story.
2: Oh, it was great. Yeah, for sure.
0: So yeah, that's why I'm hoping where it's like they both have a mutual agreement where okay it's time to go. It's not where I'm leaving, but I want to stay and all that type of thing. And DC doesn't want to let one of them go. So, yeah. And Hopefully it looks I'm-
2: like they have like a bro fest together. You know, they're always declaring how much they like each other. So yeah, <laughs> that they're really close, you know? So it looks like it's, um, it looks solid. I mean, unless they like, you know, DC comes out and like, yeah, we're keeping them to like, you know, issue 62 or something, you know? So,
0: I know. So yeah, hopefully they didn't say too where, um, like how long he's going to be gone. They just said it was short. They didn't give a specific number. Right. At least I didn't see it where I got on the sides. I read about. Yeah.
2: Greg Snyder said it was a very short and then there was a name drop of Sean Murphy in there. And Oh Corbin really was like, Hey, how much <laughs> I love Sean Murphy, you know? But I mean, um, Scott Snyder did mention Scott, Sean Murphy. Um, So, I thought that could have been like a fun opportunity. Like, what artist would we want to see replace Greg Capullo? Capullo, whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm Batman. (laughs) Uh, I could draw stick figures. Just
0: (laughs) putting my name out there. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Who
2: would I want? I really really like Nick Dragota from East of West. So,
0: the so one artist I always liked, and he he did a few Batman books like Gates of Gotham, but he never like was on a book for a long period of time. Was uh, Trevor McCarthy? Uh, mm-hmm. I always liked his style. To me, it reminded me it has like a almost like a classic Disney animation style to it, in a, mm-hmm. in a way. So I always liked his, and it might not fit every Batman story, but I kind of like it. So yeah. he was one I would want to see like stay on a book for a while, and not just be uh, a guest spot <laughs> for one issue or something like that. But, yeah, that's going to be it for our news. And, unfortunately, Dane had to take off uh, he actually a Skype crashed. So, but he let me know earlier that he might not be able to stay on the whole show. So we'll go ahead and continue on, though, Mark.
2: Oh, hey. Yeah, right. right on. What's up?
0: <laughs> it's a whole new party now that Dane's gone. <laughs> Let's talk
2: some smack. Yeah. <laughs> Who does Dane think he is? I don't know. Jeez.
0: Oh, Derek. Badness, <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> Uh, but we can go ahead and move on to our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. So got Alex's email. and he starts off by saying, hello there, bad fans sounded like I should do it in a Cockney accent. So that's why I did it said <laughs> so tried to escape from using an accent. Hey, eh? I do say the last episode was jolly good. What, what perhaps I should talk like this for the rest of me. <laughs> <laughs> it threw me off. This is the first time I read the email, so I'm throwing off without he's typing. Perhaps I should talk like this for the rest of my email. <laughs> I don't know if I did that justice, Alex, but props for trying to talk in that accent. Said so the toy topic gave me a blast of nostalgia. I think I had the same Bane figure that Dane mentioned. Unfortunately, my figure wasn't treated with such care as his. My older sister thought it was cool to spin him around by his venom tube to the point where it ripped off his head and the figure crashed into a bunch of stuff. Good times. In regards to your point about not mixing up universes, I must say that I am shocked. So basically, you were like the bartender at the cantina with your toys. Tis tis. I was pretty all-inclusive, but I wouldn't put my Batman figure with my Darth Vader figure, simply because Batman is far stronger than him, and it wouldn't be a fair fight. Right, Tim? Yes, you got that right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was the same way as you guys, except that I would let Batman cross over with anyone. I'm telling you, throw Batman at anything and he works. I mean, that figure to me because my busted Dane figure would most likely protest to that if he could if he could talk. So I'm curious, Mark, when we was talking about in our last episode how we wouldn't mix our toys with other toy franchises, were you like that at all as a kid?
2: Oh man, I had a weird set of toys. I had like a mixture of like GI Joes and spawn <laughs> and alien like had the queen alien and she would kill transformers so i was like all over the place no no
0: you know yeah i was all over the place uh, i was too nerdy even back then as a little kid
2: <laughs> i can only remember one batman toy that i had and it was like aqua batman with a scuba tank that okay. just played like in the bathtub yeah so I didn't really have any – I was more, like, worried about Power Ranger toys because you couldn't get
0: them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that time. <laughs> I actually had a, an aunt who worked at, like, a toy store. And, like, during the height of the Power Rangers, uh, bath, I guess, where the toys were so hard to get, she actually snagged me the Dragon Dragonzord with Green Ranger and the Megazord. Oh,
2: I know. That's all I wanted. And my dad was like, no. No. not interested in helping you with that
0: (laughs) that was like one of the happiest days for me and my brothers when we got that toy it was like yes but on to Alex's email he continues by saying I finally converted to your point about making a Dark Knight 3 I hope it turns out good but with Frank Miller's track record I wouldn't want the Dark Knight Returns legacy to be tarnished anymore by saying it's the third chapter DC is making Dark Knight Strikes Again canon and what was the worst comic book that I've ever read it took me years to wipe it from my memory, so I could finally appreciate Dark Knight Returns again. I wish them the absolute best.
2: Yeah, and I think um, is this an okay place to interject? Oh, go for it. Oh uh, no, yeah, and I and I totally agree with Alex. You know, with about you know the Dark Knight Returns was amazing, and then the Dark Knight Strikes Again was horrible, and that's why they probably, I think they had Brian Azarillo right. I like Brian. I've read hundred bullets. I love this guy's writing. He's there to keep this book on track because they can't d c cannot mess this up you yeah. don't have the, they 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 can't do it with this much hype and all these variant covers they you know and my local comic book shop you know they're like they're promoting it you know you know so I think they are hoping this you know fills that two million dollar moving fee that they had so
0: <laughs> that's a great point <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I said this tons of times i'm not probably going to get it right away. I'm going to wait for more reviews. I'm cautiously optimistic, and it's pretty much, like you said, because of Brian Azzarello, because, I mean, he's just awesome. <laughs> he he movie, is right? great. He's so, a
2: consistent writer. And he's a yeah. Chicago guy, man. That Chicago. Guy,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't get slammed like the Dark Knight Strikes Again did, and I just won't even bother with it. So
2: Yeah, and then, I mean, I wonder if there's any research. Like, did he write that when he was sick? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of where were, you sometimes it's really interesting where it was is when someone's consistently good and they put out something really bad, what was going on in their personal life? Yeah. What was going on with their health? And I know, you know, Frank Miller was sick for a while. So, so we don't know exactly what's going, but that's why, like I said, Brian is there and they brought on Andy Kubert, who does a more modern take on art than Klaus Janssen. So, um, yeah, they kind of have like their checks and balances with the dark Knight three.
0: Yeah, like you said, it's, I wouldn't necessarily call it a gamble, but it kind of could be like, because it goes on to what Alex was saying in his email, maybe not financially, I mean, that could really hurt him too, if it just tanks, but just from the story and the legacy standpoint of The Dark Knight Returns, because like Alex's case in point, how was saying The Dark Knight Strikes Again just left a real bad taste in his mouth for The Dark Knight Returns, so I mean, if there's two sequels that are like that, I mean, will that just kill it for some fans? I'm sure it would, to where they don't even want to read that story again because of where it goes. So, yeah, it's yeah. A it, situation.
2: Yeah, and I hope it's good because I mean, if you just look at the the solicitations for the comic books, it is designed to make DC money. They already have hardcover, like collectors edition stuff coming out in December. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're prepared for Christmas time, right? You know, they're really banking that this thing brings in a lot of money. Uh, for DC and I really do hope it's good I I am looking forward to something different and having all these names that I really like on one book you know so
0: yeah I don't think no Batman fan wants to root for a bad Batman story at least they hopefully they don't
2: (laughs) well in the day day and age of Twitter I mean Uh, haters tend to be louder than supporters so
0: I'm sure already has its haters without even reading it
2: so far exactly and you know and 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 there is like this aura you know that it's okay to crap all over frank miller yeah you know it seems like he's become a punching line you know a punch I mean, line for some people
0: we've done our fair share of criticism and complaints about some of frank miller's work recently so mm-hmm. i don't think we pile on and just like really give it to him but it's safe to yeah. say i mean if we're the mild version of that there's some that are probably to the extreme was just like really killing him for like, no matter what he does, even if it is good. Yeah. Those just have their mindset. On I'm
2: it. not, I'm not going to compare Frank Miller to Paul McCartney, but there is some definitely, you know, Paul McCartney music out there. That's not so great.
0: Yeah. Well, when you, you know the backlog of songs that he's <laughs> written, there's bound to be some stinkers. Yeah. But
2: I feel like, you know, then Paul McCartney is the kind of guy that like, you know what, if he put something out, I'm going to listen to it because this guy, exactly is a legend and Frank Miller pretty much wrote the origin story for every superhero we like and got them back on track, you know, brought them out of that dark hole of the early eighties, you know? Mm -hmm. So we've got to at least be grateful to him for that. I mean, I love Batman year one. I you know, um, daredevil, the man without fear, the great stories, especially when he's not doing the art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with that too. (laughs) So, yep, we got some questions from Alice also. And did I just call him Alice? <laughs> I think I did. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> we got questions from Alex now. So his first one is, what part of Batman's regimen do you think is the most grueling? The a lot psychological strain. Man, I can't talk on this episode. <laughs> psychological strain, the training, the fighting, the researching, etc. You know what? I, Part of me wants to say the training, because knowing the training that Batman went through to be as good as he is, he had to go through a lot of difficult stuff. That's for sure. But I think possibly the psychological strain is the most. Absolutely, it's what he has to deal with on a nightly basis, Gotham and all the messed up people he has and the villains mm-hmm. he deals with. So I would definitely pick that, and I take okay. it you're in agreement with me, Mark.
2: No, I am totally in agreement. You know, it's um, just makes me think of like boot camp, like. It's you, you're in a you're not you can you could if you want to you can run you can jump you can climb but it's having to like believe in yourself like believing that you can actually do it and if you don't believe that you can actually do it then you can't do it and that and I and I feel like Batman Begins really shows what Bruce Wayne had to do mentally to become Batman he had to break himself down and rebuild himself back up to the, where he was and be literally becoming a hu- new human being. Yeah. He could have gone, you know, and hired a personal trainer and got really buff, but that didn't make Batman. Right. It was, exactly. it was the encounters. It was the, it was the rite of passage of leaving the world of Henry Ducard and learning how to be detective. Or if you take the version where he, you know, Ra's al Ghul or, you know, the league of shadows, you know, it's just, it what makes Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne's brain's mind and the way that he perceives the world.
0: Yeah, and then in the dark knight the Joker just threw him for a loop, like a totally new thing he had to adjust on a psychological level too. Mm-hmm. All the stuff Joker did with to Gotham City and then on a personal front with Rachel. So like that moment where he's just sitting there as the sun's about to come up, it just, just Pretty much so, so drained and just defeated, and not Alfred comes in with his breakfast. It it's like you could tell this is a new, like he didn't expect this happening to him. Like where he even said i was meant to inspire good, not a mm-hmm. psychopath like him.
2: Well, and look what you know, Alfred did. He's like, if I show him this letter,
0: I might break him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Everything we just said just drives all the boy, yeah, the psychological stuff is definitely the most impressive aspect of Batman. Mm-hmm. And it's be-
2: and it's also more important because he's not super powered.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, everyone, the non-hardcore Batman fans or comic fans, like people just like to make the jokes. Oh, what's Batman without his utility belt and blah 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 and all that? Like, no, <laughs> there's so much more to them that makes him the greatest superhero. Well, it's because he built it. Yeah. <laughs> that should be my new answer now. Yes.
2: <laughs> the man the man had the brain to create it, you know. So uh, Yep. It's Marvel fanboys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure see I, even on the DC front too there's diehard Superman fans too that will
2: Yeah. No, me I mean so I and I there. there's plenty of DC stuff that I like too. I'm just trying to piss off one person out in the world (laughs) (laughs) with my new found voice
0: (laughs) and Alex second question is this should be an interesting one besides Catwoman if you had to be cellmates with one of Batman's rogues who would you pick Mark I'll let you go first
2: uh what's her name Jezebel Jet (laughs) (laughs) she's kind of crazy fun right um if it, if, if it can't be Selena Kyle,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I said besides Catlin. Snap. Uh, See, right off the bat, I want to say Harley, but I don't know. Oh man, I'll survive.
2: <laughs> I think I'd lose it. I need someone who wouldn't talk at, <laughs> for periods of time. <laughs> but can I just read this book, please? Yeah. All right, <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs>
0: She just might kill you in your sleep too. You know what? Something you don't even know why. Yeah, I'm just
2: trying to huntress. I hang out with Hunt. Um, she she seems. Would she
0: be locked up though?
2: I mean, she's a good guy. Also, Selena Kyle's kind of a good guy. I mean, you know, ish, right?
0: Yeah, but she. Oh, he she said could go woke, to jail right? though
2: if she got caught. Oh, Talia, you know they're meant to have a baby anyways. <laughs> there you go. Might as well be with someone bad who wants to be with you,
0: yeah. right? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as always, thanks again for your email, Alex. Sorry it took almost a month to read this one. as <laughs> You sent it on the 25th, I believe. So at least we finally got to it. And now we got one from Mike. He says, hey, guys, I was wondering if you heard the rumor that Mad Max director George Miller is the front runner to direct the next Man of Steel movie. I personally loved Fury Road, so I would be very interested in seeing what he could do with this movie. It's also interesting that he was only weeks away from doing Justice League Mortal back in the mid-2000s, so he already has a history in the WB comic movies. What do you guys reckon? Have you seen Fury Road? Well, this shows how long it's been since our last episode. I think it might have been early this week or late last week where George Miller actually said he is not doing like the sequel to Man of Steel.
2: Yeah, and I read that, but he... I think I don't know if they're being coy because then he's like then recently after he said that he's like, well, if I did do a Superman movie, this is what I would do. You know, so he's still they're playing with it. But, yeah, he definitely did say and then Zack Snyder came out and said, no, BVS is pretty much a sequel to Man of Steel. So I think there if there is and I think there's definitely interest there. They're not going to say anything about it right yeah. now because they yeah. they have the movie hasn't even come out yet. So
0: yeah, good point. But uh, I still haven't seen Fury Road. I know everyone's. Oh my god, about. Tim! I it's know. amazing. <laughs> it is uh, I gotta rent it, download it, or something? <laughs> I don't keep it your- is in
2: the. It, it deserves its ninety percent tomato rating. <laughs> And that's why everybody who's listening, you should go see Sakaro and The Martian. They deserve their 90% tomato rating.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing great things about The Martian, too.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, and Ridley Scott needed this victory because his last two movies. I remember Mist and I went and saw The Counselor. Oh my God, it was so bad.
0: Yeah, and I did not enjoy uh, Exodus, Gods, and Kings either.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that movie got drowned with the whitewashing stuff that was going on with characters. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It, Set itself
0: up for failure. Yeah. But Mike continues. I thought it was interesting that Sean Bean and Evergreen are going to be joining the Wonder Woman movie. I have liked both of these actors since the bond, their Bond appearances. I think Evergreen will Evergreen will fit in really well in this universe as she has a very strong on-screen presence. I personally think she would have been an ideal Poison Ivy, and Sean Bean could have played a good Gordon. Now, I think a Sean. I know Evergreen was in talks to be in wonder woman but sean bean i think me and dane were just talking about on our last episode how her him and evergreen always seem to die in their movies so i don't unless i missed something i didn't. Yeah,
2: wasn't dane talking that evergreen's Eva always naked in her movies too because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she's really good in penny dreadful too so which is a great show but no i heard that it is it is sean Bean and um ava green and there hasn't been any Debunking of that, and I think really? that those are two solid actors to bring into the DC Extended Universe.
0: Man, I did not remember Sean b i I thought that was just something we brought up. And I think they're talking about him being Ares or something. Maybe that'd be cool if he's in it. Man, how did I miss that? See, again, another driving home the point. How long it's been since our last episode? <laughs> I'm freaking yeah. We actually got on that conversation.
2: No, nothing has been. I don't think that's been dispelled. But I think the only other official person for Wonder Woman is Chris Pine and Steve Trevor.
0: Yeah, that one I did know. I, yeah. said, man, so I far, think that's the
2: only official one.
0: So far, this casting if all this pans out, it's going to have a great cast.
2: Yeah, it will be for sure. So, And those two have a long track record. And I think an important thing when it comes to rumors is like, do these actors and actresses have a relationship with Warner Brothers? Yeah. All right, so now it's becoming who is in the Warner Brother camp and who is in the Disney Marvel camp. I know, <laughs> so
0: all setting up that eventual crossover movie. Right and here. that's why
2: everyone keeps saying Charlie Hunnam's going to be in there because Charlie Hun- Hunnam does Warner Brother movies. Mm-hmm. All right, that's why Guillermo del Toro is going to do Dark Universe or whatever.
0: Oh, he'll have he his Does
2: Warner Brother movies?
0: Uh, he'll be in Marvel too. He's a collector. Yep. Oh wait, you said Benicio del Toro or Beni?
2: Uh, uh, Gel- 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 oh, Guillermo Gel- del Toro. Okay. Yeah, I can't say um, Spaniard names. So, yeah.
0: so. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I thought you were talking about Benicio del Toro.
2: No, I meant uh, Guill Gel- 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 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so. yeah. Pacific Rim director. Gotcha. Benicio <laughs> is going to be in Star Wars and Marvel. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So he's over there. Yeah, it, sure. it really is, man. It, it's this is it, actually I find it fascinating. Um, I don't know if anyone else does, but it's really, like, who's going to do Warner Brother stuff, superhero stuff, and who is going to do Marvel Disney stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, even before the guys Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, they were looking at um, the actress who played Sif in Thor. Yep. um, But she couldn't, since she's already established in the Marvel Universe and with Disney and all that, so...
2: Mm-hmm. I Definitely think Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, d- who does the Fast and the Furious? What studios do do those movies?
0: It's Universal.
2: That's Universal. Okay, because she she was in those movies. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: but um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not. Get, we'll, only way we'll see them is if we'll get a big crossover, which by the the Universal exploded. is a DC versus Marvel movie.
2: <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. The, some some someone's eyes will blow out of their yeah.
0: head. Someone will die. So. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, Mike continues saying, I have a question about Batman 44. It's cool that this book has gone back to a more traditional story, but is this just a one-off or is it a new direction? What happened to Gordon Bat? Is this Bruce in the cowl and is it set before Endgame? I like your enthusiastic review, but was a bit confused as, the, as to where this is in the timeline, as most, most of the books aren't really following much of a continuity at the moment. Thought about checking it out, but didn't want to have to go back to the Gordon bat stuff, as this doesn't nope. really interest me.
2: Though, no, yeah, it's a one-off.
0: Yeah, it does take place before everything with Gordon as Batman. It's in right after Zero Year. It's still Bruce Wayne as Batman, still pretty early on. So yep. it's pretty much just a flashback story. It is setting up one of the new villains for the Batman-Gordon stuff. So yeah, that's it was kind cool of the only...
2: seeing Jacques do Mr. Bloom kinda just appear and disappear. It did yeah. have a very horror um creepiness to it that was very appropriate for the yeah. tone of that comic.
0: So good. <laughs> I forgot to ask Dane if he read it yet, because I know he had it he bought it when we were recording our last episode, but he hadn't read it yet, so I'm curious to see what he's thinking. But uh, Mike continues saying, Last weekend I went to Oz Comic Con and got to see Kevin Smith live, which was a great thing. Very funny dude. I love this guy's enthusiasm. Would love to see him be involved in the DC movies in some way in the future. I also got to meet Tom Taylor who wrote injustice for the first two years. I know that this is not really the style of books that you guys read, but the first year has gone of the most, has one of the most heart wrenching moments in the bat family history. This is the only comic in my reading history that made me put it down because I was so shocked and saddened by what I read. And I feel that he wrote the best interpretation of Batman. I have read in quite some time, just thought I would throw in this recommendation Catch you next time, Mike. Well, Thanks, as always, for the email, Mike. And I did read the first few issues of the Injustice comics, and I believe I know what you're talking about because those issues were really, really good. I mean, I got them leading up to the game and continued with them a little bit afterwards, but kind of fell off a little bit in the middle. I haven't really read too much since then, so don't really know where it's at right now as far as the story. I don't believe Tom Taylor is writing it anymore, but he wrote some good stories. He wrote some good uh, Star Wars comics, too. so. There's definitely a great writer, so definitely could see why that version of Batman, that story, was one of your favorites. Did you read those at all, Mark? No, I did not. Okay. Did you play the Injustice game? Uh, no. <laughs> what year did it come out? Uh, 2013.
2: What was I doing in 2000? I had just started grad school, so no. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't playing video games. <laughs> I it was, was so a cool group. Yeah, I heard really good things, and I and um, I like to look at comic um. You know numbers, you know for sales and stuff, and those comics sell pretty well, so that's why they they keep doing
0: them. Yeah, that was, was a pretty cool moment because you had the game, which is really good, and you had the comics leading up to it, and thankfully the comics were good too, It just set up the story really nicely. So when you played the game and started in that story, you got a little bit of ready to know what's going on and how everything was set up. So it was definitely a cool way how they all worked it out through the marketing and release of everything
2: nice maybe i'll go relive 2013
0: yeah. <laughs> i think the game should be pretty cheap now so i do have
2: an old xbox. xbox matter of fact it's like on my bookshelf <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you can one reason to bring it out dust it off and play it yeah i'm a little i'm a little
2: busy playing the beta right now
0: oh, you know I, what i'm saying yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> which has been pretty awesome and i can't wait to get the full battlefront game so <laughs> but you don't know, have a ps4 uh, too bad you don't have an Xbox One.
2: <laughs> I know, tit for tat.
0: <laughs> I know. Man, but yeah, that game's going to be awesome. It looks as good as I was hoping. It's like seeing all the videos from like Celebration and E3 and how good it looked. Glad it's still looking that yeah, I
2: definitely have gotten killed a couple times staring up to this guy just to see what's going <laughs> up <there. laughs> like, I don't care if I get shot. I just want to see what's going up there.
0: It's yeah, free get, kill for somebody. No, I just got killed because I was trying to... Play the game and be good, but I stick and just keep getting killed and killed. But yeah. it's still fun, regardless of me just being shot at all the time.
2: Oh yeah, it is fun. I don't, I don't feel the the anxiety that those other games bring in with the multiplayer.
0: Yeah, not like Call of Duty and all that. Yeah, it make,
2: the Call of Duty makes me anxious. I don't like things running at me
0: in games. It bothers me. <laughs> I could barely move when I play multiplayer. That I'd be shot and killed already. Like oh, I
2: know, dude. I'm like I don't got that time to devote myself. To to being the best
0: exactly so. yeah <laughs> well that's gonna do it for the emails unless Mark you wanted to read your <laughs> is it uh no it,
2: it, we pretty much covered it so <laughs> I think I talked about the Robin Moore. or was that the old I I can't really I don't even really remember I, I know I talked about Grayson but that's gonna get brought up I talked yeah. mostly about Grayson twelve so
0: I will just fill in the last bit of your email gunji lives <laughs> oh yes gunji lives <laughs>
2: absolutely he he survived 66 i have to believe it
0: uh, right now i'm believing it too unless we get that story i think he's an order 66 survivor. of survivor you know
2: uh, he's probably just like off somewhere selling lumber you know just chewing on stuff hanging out
0: yeah hopefully i was gonna say hopefully he went back to kashhip is that became like really controlled by the empire. The empire took Wookiees as a slave. So,
2: yeah, I really am curious with this new Canon, um, kind of finding out what's up with Mandalore and, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I could check a or whatever, but you know, with that one interlude from aftermath, we're definitely going to get some type of st- liberation story.
0: Yeah, man, that, 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 I don't want to say movie, but we, hopefully a novel or a comic series or episodes. of well, there is going to be a show or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There is a
2: Chewy, there's a Chewbacca comic coming out.
0: Yeah, I think that takes place just between um, New Hope and Empire, like all the comics right now. Which I'm kind of, I don't know, getting a little tired of. I want to see and explore other time periods than just that in the comics. Like, yeah. Got well, deep, did
2: you Did you read Shadowed Empire 2?
0: Not yet. I'll probably right. be going to my comic store tomorrow and picking it up. All right, I'll shut my mouth. Okay. Right. <laughs> Thanks, but... I've read it twice. <laughs> oh, nice. I actually read a review where it wasn't as good as the first one, but I was kind of... It's good.
2: It's good. The end's very interesting, but it's like, all right, for a four-issue arc, kind of not going anywhere right now. So that would be Mm -hmm. my only complaint. Like, okay, what are we going to do with four? But I trust Greg Rucka, so I'm not going to... Totally,
0: yeah. (laughs) All right. And before we wrap up our listener feedback section, we did get another comment from our last episode from Guy. He says, hey guys, another great podcast. I knew you would love Batman 44. Just to let you know, it turns out my wife had an iTunes account, so I used her account to rate and review your podcast. Let me know if it worked. I called myself the bad guy. Well, guy, it did work. We did get your review. At first, I wasn't seeing it there. Like he said, he left us a review, but nothing's changed. But then I forgot to hit the four reviews button on there. To go to number eleven. So I think I have one on there. Um, he says they treat. The Batman, right. I really enjoy listening to these guys. They really do love the Batman. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Guy. We appreciate all the reviews we get on here. And I'll take
2: um, all of Dane's praise (laughs) in abstantia.
0: (laughs) You could take his praise for Dane. Don't even bother passing the line. You could just keep it for yourself.
2: (laughs) All right. I'll sleep with a smile on my face tonight.
0: (laughs) The guy just finishes his comment saying, Anyway, I wish they would do a new Batman animated series based on Ben Affleck's Batman. What do you think? Sounds cool, doesn't it? next time same bat fan time same bat fan podcast later uh, that would be cool I love you saw this image I think I tweeted tweeted out in our bat fans account where it's animation style of Bruce Tim that has the Ben Affleck Batman and the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman and Henry Cavill Superman mm-hmm. The when I saw that I was like man this would make a pretty cool animated series in this visual style so I'd be up for it the only thing is that Cartoon Network if they're still going to go with that has a bad track record if cancelling shows and putting them on hiatus for their last DC related series. So if they do is to get a new TV show, maybe we'll be best if it goes on another network or something. Cause I hey, just that's... put it on
2: Netflix. Yeah.
0: Hey, that'd be good too. Yeah. Hey,
2: I was going to put an idea out there. All right. Cause, um, you know, HBO is owned by Warner brothers, right?
0: Yeah. That's a good point too. Yeah. Watchmen. Huh? They're going yeah, to do right. something. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the HBO Cinemax. Showtime family on our side, us DC fans. So, yeah,
0: that'd be a good counter to what Marvel's doing on Netflix, too. Exactly. And that's the
2: medium that they're going to have to probably compete because right now, HBO has more clout than Netflix for
0: shows. Totally. Yeah. That so, would be the best way to go if they want to compete with them. And well, I think, think they would, too. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: So, okay, Game of Thrones is going to be ending in the next three seasons, right? So, what are they end replace with Game of Thrones? Maybe a live action Batman show.
0: Yeah, just something. It doesn't have to be Batman. It's just something in the no. DC universe related. If it wants to connect to their movie universe that they're doing, like Marvel, that'd be great. But even if it doesn't, I think just put something else on there. That could be like almost on the
2: a suicide Suicide Squad show would be interesting. Would work with that platform.
0: It could always like have a revolving door for the different members of the team too, knowing yeah. that they always come and go.
2: And then Stephen Mell somehow will talk his way onto to it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll be that version of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> the Arrowverse one will come back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to come and PG this up. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for our listener feedback section. So thank you, Alex. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Guy, for your emails and comments. We always appreciate it. And keep them coming. And with that, we'll go ahead and get into our comic book review section. And... <laughs> before i forget to say like last time i was hosting about spoilers we're going to be spoiling the comics we're reviewing on this episode and for this one we're going to be talking about so one issue that was a while ago and one that's pretty recent and it's going to be grayson number 12 and the batman annual number four and we need to think of a rating scale for this one so
2: um bruce wayne muskets <laughs>
0: I like it. Let's go with it. All right. So let's start with Grayson number 12. Uh, What
2: a complete issue.
0: Yes. I'll let you start off with this one.
2: Well, you know, um, it definitely has been, you know, leading up to what, you know, Dick trying to call, uh, you know, Bruce and getting, you know, the phone hanging up and he finally gets back to uh, Gotham and gets to the house. And, then you know, Alfred's putting a really corny blonde wig and goatee (laughs) on him. And it's just, you know, like kind of like a shock for him. Like I'm really not talking to the Bruce I know. And, you know, then, you know, spoiler alert, you know, a spiral agent comes in and shoots Bruce in the neck with a dart. And, you know, then they kind of just like negotiates, like, let me just say goodbye to the people I love. And that was the theme. How does each individual, how does Dick interact with the other bat family people and then say his goodbyes? So and I thought that was it was really special, like, especially with like the little, you know, snippets of old um, dialogue between Bruce and Dick and Dick and Barbara and Dick and Tim and Dick and Damien, you know, and it was a lot of fun. And very, very few comics make me feel emotions. I think the only other one that I could think of that really got the heartstrings. Or, you know, emotions flowing was when Vader found out that Luke was his son, right? Oh, I felt something. That was amazing. This, yeah, this comic made me feel something. And that's something that Tim um, Seeley and Tom King have done a really good job. They know how to make, people pull on people's heartstrings. So, and like I had said earlier in the show, um, people on um, Twitter um, went and found the comics where these snippets were coming from. And then were retweeting it to um tim seeley and then he would retweet it Like he'd tweet it and he would retweet it out and there was just this long line like of timeline of just people finding it and just like hey thanks for making me remember this comic and it was just really cool to see that happen on twitter
0: yeah that is pretty cool and for him to be involved with that too with the fans i, I love it when creators get involved with them and just yeah. kind of sharing the fun too so yeah and that's
2: the cool thing about comic book writers is they're just famous enough to where you want to reach out to them and they kind of have like a presence, but then they're still, they respond to you. Like, yeah. You know, I, you know, I tweeted something out to Tom King one time, you know, it was yeah. like, Hey, I really like Omega men. I think it's one of the best things in DC right now. And he replied with a kind of a snarky, funny response. Like, Oh, I better take out the other guys. <laughs> you know. So it was like, Whoa, wait, I didn't expect a response, you know?
0: Yeah. That's, 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 what that's great.
2: I'm just a dude in North Carolina, you know? So.
0: Yep. Yeah, you make a good point. A lot of comic writers do that. I've had a, some cool experiences with that too. So I love it when you get that response. It just, yeah, it just makes you feel like they're not above you and all that. thing. They're writing your favorite stories. Oh, I don't have to acknowledge them or all that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely great when we get that. Definitely. So for me, full disclosure, I think anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I haven't been on board with this whole. Grayson comic books, that's mm-hmm. the last issue of Nightwing. <laughs> Despite you, Mark, and even Corbin telling me how great it is, I just uh, I read the I read the first issue and while I didn't hate it, it just like the the reason behind all this, I just left a bad taste in my mouth. I couldn't get into the
2: Dan Dido stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I haven't kept up with it, but when this issue came out, I saw how it was getting great reviews and saw what the basic plot was of Dick kind of coming back and showing, like revealing that he's still alive to everyone else in the bad family. So I figured this is something I should read. It's a big moment for the bad family. And I want to see how they react and how this all plays out. So for me, uh, I, it was a good issue. I'll say that, but probably my big problem with it was that what I was afraid of when this whole thing started with Dick hiding his death from, you know, like Barbara, Jason, Tim. This reaction that they gave him was a, I already knew this is what it was gonna be. It's like, okay, this is what I kind of what I didn't want. They brought out everything I would. They just went through this whole secret thing with death of the family with Bruce and like how could Dick do that after what they've been through. And so to see Jason and Tim and Barbara's reaction, it was like, yeah, that's kind of what I was figuring it would be, and it was something I didn't really want to see. So. That stuff, I, I, I'll i say that I didn't really enjoy it, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised by it. I could kind of see it coming because I just knew it beforehand when this whole thing started back in the last issue of Nightwing. But the thing that made it for me was his reunion with Damien. That was just mm-hmm. great. I mean, when they see each other and they just both say, you're alive. <laughs> I mean, that was just awesome. I mean, Yeah, and a lot of people don't
2: remember that, you know, Batman or Robin and Grant Morrison and yeah. Dick Grayson and Damien. You know, totally. um, after Final Crisis, you know, I think I'm getting my timeline correct. But I, I mean, I have all three volumes of Batman and Robin, where it's Professor Pig and Scarlet or whatever, and it's yeah. and it's and it's Dick and Damien and like they do have a very long history together because they don't really, they don't, I don't think they do a very good job of showing that in the New Fifty Two. Totally that, agree. Like how like how much they really did rely and how strong their relationship is.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I think Dick and Damien have a more strong relationship than Damien and Bruce does. It's more established. They've been through more together, yep. I would say. And
2: well, yeah, if you think if like if when you when you go to the Grant Morrison run, you know, with Batman and Robin or Batman and Damien or, or whatever, you know, Bruce and Damien didn't get along together and then Bruce disappears. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who takes care of Damien? Tally is out of the picture because she tried killing him, you know. <laughs> and you know, and they had to like re-put them back together. It was Dick. It was Dick and Alfred.
0: Yeah, that's why that moment made it, was so good. I mean, just seeing how happy both of them were. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I remember seeing Damien that happy. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. great to see. So that made it, the issue for me.
2: Yeah, and they kind of started setting up the Robin War stuff, re, reuniting the Robins. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the first step of that December um, Robin's War thing going on. And I think what this comic really cemented and really made clear is that not Bruce, but Dick is the heart and soul of the Bat family.
0: Yeah. Because they felt really hurt when he did that. Because <laughs> for Bruce, they kind of expected, but for Dick, it was like, no, like how could you do that?
2: <laughs> yeah, this is not what Dick Grayson
0: would do. Yeah. I thought it was cool, too, how when Dick was like giving his speeches to all of them, he was leaving clues for them <laughs> throughout uh, the, the issue to where it happens at the end. So stuff like that. Was cool to see Dick implement yeah. uh, what they're do, being secretive, but yet they're able to figure it out. Yeah. Having that, you know, they all know each other, so they know what's going on. So that was cool.
2: And and best of all is I use this comic to audition to write reviews for the website.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You're gonna be part of the Batman universe review family now.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, I submitted my six, and I tried to be kind of take the ones that people might not take. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm what are you pretty be excited about it.
0: I oh man, yet.
2: I gotta go back and look through the email I sent Dustin. <laughs> uh, I think I did Batman Europa, um, Batman, Superman by Greg Pak. Okay. Uh, okay, here it is. I said Batman, Superman, Detective Comics, Batman Europa, Grace and Earth 2 Society, and New Suicide Squad. And that's what I asked. That does not mean I'm going to get them. And I doubt I will get all of those, but all right, whatever. I'm asked to review. So... There won't be any issues around that. I'm not picky.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's just going to be great to have another reviewer on there for, like you said, maybe some of the books, maybe not everyone picks up. So just to get them on there would be cool.
2: Yeah, they don't want will get me out there to read things. I, I tend to get in my comfort zone because you know I'm already I've already started noticing that I'm like I'm my I'm getting a little bit more selective with my pull list. Mm. So cause they they do get really
0: expensive. Yeah, it's, man, I had so, to cut so it's many weird. really. Yeah, <laughs> and smaller. I mean, unfortunately, I
2: dropped Green. I, I dropped Green Lantern. Unfortunately, I still I
0: just, have that. That's like my only other non. I'm liking
2: it. It just needs nice to get somewhere for me to then pick back up with it.
0: Um, See, I just recently dropped Flash. But, yeah, I'm a
2: big Barry. I mean, I'm looking at my Kodobochia, you know, Barry Allen statue on my desk. You know, I love the Flash, I mean, but...
0: see, so when they were bringing in the reverse Flash in that first issue, it's like, man, they're just milking off the TV series. They're pretty much doing the same thing. Yeah. So this you know, it was like, ah, I the don't stuff. Like, it. It like it. just felt like a cash-in, really. Like, ah, you know, you could just do your own thing. <laughs> they were bringing up stuff that they never brought up before until the TV series. It was like, uh, you know well, what?
2: They did the same thing with green arrow. They tried briefly introducing Diggle and Felicity smoke and they, <laughs> that's right, mean, yeah. they were in there for like maybe two issues. And they really? Were they never came back. Nope. No, they like, I think they must've gotten the wrath of God from green arrow fans. I'm like that's, he's not, they're not actually in that continuity. <laughs> you know? I'm like, and I agree. It, it didn't feel right. You know, like, you could tell some editor was like, "Write them in, do your best. If doesn't work,
0: yeah. it's okay. <laughs> Don't make it that important." Just yeah, no.
2: And I'm and I'm reading the Ben Percy, you know, run on it, and it started off really strong. It kind of had some okay copies, but they the the kind of storyline they're doing right now is like on the Mexican U.S. border, and I kind of like that genre, you know. So I'm kind of liking where it's going. So.
0: Yeah, but my, my DC comic book collection is like mainly a few Batman titles and Green Lantern, and then just in general comic stuff. It's Star Wars titles and Spider Man. I'm still getting for the Marvel front. Yeah, unfortunately the new not as big as it used getting to be. Better. What was that? The
2: new Suicide Squad's getting better. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, I read Batman Eternal one. I really like that.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, you heard me say Batman it. and Robin. It's I, good. I, not getting into a year of comic series this time. but
2: Yeah, well, I think they learned their lesson this time and they were only doing 26 issues.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, so. But for Grayson number 12, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it four out of five. Uh, well, Bruce Wayne uh, muskets that he, <laughs> didn't know he had at his house. <laughs> yeah, that, that he, okay, that he now,
2: was able to get attention of yeah. the Robo Bat. I'm going to give it um, four and a half Bruce Wayne muskets.
0: Yeah, so like I said, I might have been more down on it you were, because it, to me it was a little predictable. with That whole Damien well, um, just...
2: It, I think IGN gave it a, uh, a nine. Yeah, I saw so, that too. It was which like, is a big deal. So,
0: yeah, when I saw it, I was like, okay, I yeah. should definitely pick this one up, because yeah. it seems like it's going to be a really cool one for... Yeah,
2: great and, fans I'm, and, fans. and I'm definitely a fan of the 10-point scale when it comes to comics, so...
0: I just like the ten point scale in general for everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I
2: think I was trying to be snarky one time with like six jock bats.
0: So, <laughs> all right, let's take this to Batman Annual Number Four, which will find out the reason why our rating scale is Bruce Wayne muskets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. this issue it starts off with uh, Bruce and Julie Madison coming back to Wayne Manor. and they find it's finally not housing Arkham inmates anymore. After that, uh, Jerry Powers. Uh, got the house back, and she's going to let Bruce have it again. And I thought the issue started off kind of slow. I kind of thought, I hope it's just not a bunch of talking between all of them to see who, if Bruce really wants the house and all that. But I did think it was cool that um, Jerry Powers gave a little cool mention of Derek Powers later on saying how, oh, like, my nephew Derek thought I was crazy for giving you this house back and all that. So I thought that was a cool little Easter egg for Batman Beyond fans, which I got a kick out of. And then they were making the point saying how oh, it's like we had to move out the villains, Clayface, Mr. Freeze, and Nygma, and how they brought him out of Arkham Manor. And those are like the last ones they had to take out so Bruce could get the house back. And Bruce has been hesitant this whole time. He doesn't really want to come back here. He's saying this isn't really my house. This isn't me since you know, he still doesn't remember himself truly. So, But then we get to the point where... Riddler, Clayface, and Mr. Freeze, they're actually in Wayne Manor. <laughs> and because they were hiding in Clayface, I guess Clayface was able to. Was he like part of the floor or something? Yeah. Like, ceiling? They were saying how this room. Alfred thought that the room. Like, this should be the ballroom where it's like nearly like bigger, like five times the size of this room and stuff like that. So he knew something was off. And that's when Clayface attacks. Just a pretty. <laughs> the panel of him is Clayface's big face just smashing into Alfred and like pushing him on the floor. Like, man. Alfred's been through a lot lately with his hand, and now Clayface is getting to him. So I would think
2: he would have a more tech, more high tech like prosthesis. You know,
0: mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, who knows how much when Wayne Manor became Ark and Manor? Like, how much did they do with the house? <laughs> like, that they took away and all that. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Riddler, Mister Freeze, and Clayface are all after Bruce Wayne. And I was thinking as this was going on because. Riddler's trying to make Bruce Wayne to see like he asked him the question, Who are you really? And you're kind of kinda of makes you to believe where, oh, they wanted to admit that he's Batman and all that. But it's really they all want them to admit that Bruce is just as crazy as they are. And at first I wasn't really getting or buying into the whole reasoning for attacking Bruce. But then at the end where Riddler kinda of makes his explanation, it does make sense and it's kind of a different way to go about it. Where for Bruce Wayne, the Riddler gives examples of After his parents died, where Bruce did show signs of him like being crazy and not mentally there, and just even in the sense, I mean, I've heard people say this too that even Bruce Wayne, the normal Bruce Wayne as Batman, isn't really mentally there too. I mean, just his devotion that he has that could maybe some people think that he's not quite where he should be mentally, and to dress up as a bat every night. I'm sure there's those who think that's unhealthy, and normal tourism would do that. So it could be very therapeutic. Exactly, but the fact that Riddler was making the point that it's Bruce Wayne and not Batman, I thought was something different, but at the same time, it made me think, man, really, Riddler's really dumb, because he does <laughs> make the point to say, oh, you're the one who helped fund Batman and gave him all his gadgets and cars and all that, but like, don't you put two and two together and think that is Bruce Wayne <laughs> and he's just not funding him? Because I'm sure you would think Batman's crazy also, so that was mm-hmm. the thing that made me think, Yeah, Riddler's not that smart. But yeah, there was a Pretty cool moment here, where Bruce is like kind of asking like Alfred, like we're not asking, but just like wondering like all the stuff that's in Wayne Manor that's related to Batman that he doesn't know about because he told Alfred to like don't tell me this part of my history and what happens afterwards. So Alfred's still respecting that, but at the same time using like that to his advantage as far as the layout of Wayne Manor, as far as where to hide and everything. And that's where we get the room that has these old muskets <laughs> that. <laughs> Thomas Wayne had on there I did like the fact that Alfred hid them from Bruce because he knew how much he hated guns and i I like that aspect that Alfred respected Bruce and you know his wishing not to have guns in the house but yeah he, maybe if they weren't Thomas Wayne's and they weren't antiques he just would have got rid of them but since maybe it was something of his fathers that he wanted that Alfred still wanted to keep so I can forgive that because I don't know if you remember this episode of Batman the animated series it was the underdwellers where there was that sewer king who has all those kids go up on the surface and steal uh, things from these people in pickpockets yeah and bruce takes one of them into wayne manor and the kid goes into a room that has an antique musket in there and he picks it up and batman like takes it away from him and was like why would bruce even have that in his in wayne manor i think any type of gun he would just not want around at all so that always bugged me in that episode and i kind of see i liked how Alfred established that here in this story that Bruce Wayne didn't want any guns in his house and he kept it secret. So I like that little aspect of the story. So it turns out they couldn't, or Jerry Powers, since he's behind the whole Batman Gordon uh, process as far as establishing it and paying for everything, she was about to call him, but Riddler kind of put this frequency, radio frequency and he blocked it with a device so they couldn't call him. So there was this moment where Riddler was about to shoot uh judy julie madison alfred and jerry in there to kind of give bruce another traumatic uh experience and to really throw him off the deep end because he goes let's see how crazy you go when you experience losing your new loved ones but before he does uh bruce uses one of those muskets and shoots the frequency blocker and then gordon batman's able to come and stop them but batman or bruce rain really took out Clayface and mr freeze on on his own that chandelier fell on him and took him out pretty easily It's
2: kind of like part intention to do something about it and then the unintended consequence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, and it's cool, you know, like, you know, hey, you know, he might not be Bruce Wayne, but this guy is still made of a higher threat, you know?
0: That kind of actually did have me, I will say, was Bruce actually going to shoot Riddler? Because there's that part of him that's different now. I mean, he's not Mm -hmm. when we know. So I was thinking, oh, are they going to go that route? But he misses him, and Riddler's making fun of him. Like, I ah, you miss. but then it turns out, no, I was just aiming for that frequency blocker. And then he just kicks Riddler in the face, and he's like, give me some scars. <laughs> I just thought it kind of ended kind of, I don't want to say abruptly, but just a little strange. They take all the criminals out, and then the last thing Bruce says is like, you know, Alfred's right, Julie, we could have, this would make a nice place for a wedding. And she's all, if you think I'm going to get married without this place being checked like for any more criminals, you really are crazy, and that's it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I it was, they're trying to make us like, chuckle.
0: Yeah, it's like ended on a lighter tone when, for the most of the part, is trying to establish like the sanity of Bruce Wayne. So uh, I thought it was a little offbeat, but in the end, I really like this issue, and as just a one-off story as annuals mostly are. I thought it was pretty cool. So at it first started off, I thought eh, this might not be that interesting, but it turned into a pretty cool story. So I'm gonna give this one three and a half out of Bruce Wayne muskets that he just discovered in his house in this issue. What'd you think of it, Mark? Um,
2: I I did like it. Um, I I did find myself at times kind of struggling through pages, like kind of not committing myself to like, you know, dialogue.
0: Yeah. It didn't probably need to be this long, I would say.
2: Yeah. And I mean, but I was like, I'm, there's such a desire to get any type of clue. I'm like, is when is Bruce Wayne going to become Batman again? Mm hmm. You know that I'm trying to read into any subtle clues, so I went back and really read, and I, I really liked it. But I won't have to give it three Bruce Wayne muskets.
0: All right, cool. So with that, I think that's going to do it for our episode. Ninety four is in the books. So as always, you can go ahead and check us out on our host site, thebatmanuniverse.net, at the Batman Universe, and on Facebook at facebook.com/slash the Batman Universe, and on Twitter at Batman Universe. And then you can also follow our own Twitter account at batfans27 and our Facebook page at batfanspodcast. And you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm at TimG311. Dane is at DaneSaysBanana. And Mark, your Twitter handle is?
2: I'm um, Monster at DareLimkey.
0: And also, if you want to review us on iTunes, you can go ahead and go there. Do a review like Guy did, and it would be much appreciated. And yeah. if you want to send us emails like Mark, Mike and Alex always do you can send it to badpantswithoutpants at gmail.com so with that that's it Mark thanks for joining us on this episode it was great to finally talk to you after chatting with you on Twitter for so long
2: yeah definitely man I'd like to do it more
0: often for sure so cool so with that we'll see everyone next time take it easy sleep tight